get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the Reds have had an interesting offseason. They watched Trevor Bauer, the Cy Young Award winner, leave and sign with the Dodgers. They traded their closer, Isela Iglesias, to the Angels. And while they'll have a similar look to last year, they certainly aren't going to be what they were last year. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And joining us now is Trent Rosencrantz, who's a friend of the show, friend of the station. He is doing great work for The Athletic and is with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Trent, thanks so much for joining us this morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me again. Trent, before we get started on some talk with the Reds, everyone here in St. Louis has a story about Stan Usual. And last night <laughs> when I was looking up some uh, Reds content from you, I noticed that your pinned tweet is a story that your family has about Stan Usual. So if you could, can you please share that with us? Yeah. Um, you know, my parents are from Missouri. My, um, from, my, my dad is from California, which is in the middle part of the state. And uh, my mom is from Latham, which is a small town outside of, you know, the the metropolis that is California. And um, my mom's next door neighbors and well, I guess it's not really next door out there is it is the farm next door next to hers. Um, you know, they, they had horses, they had Tennessee walking horses and um, Jan, you Janice usual uh, Janet usual uh, Stan's daughter had a horse that was there and she would come ride horses there with, um, my mom's friend Wanda, and uh, and so my mom got to know Janet just a little bit, and every once in a while, a couple times, she went over to Stan Musial's house and stayed there with Janet and her friend Wanda, and uh, so it's it's just kind of neat. It's like you know that that three degrees of separation um, from Stan Musial that my, my mom stayed at the Musial's house and Stan Musial, she just always knew him as a nice man. She didn't really know that he was this legend in baseball and, uh, didn't really understand what my, like my dad, when they were dating and, and younger, like the, the reverence that he had for Stan Musial, who he was, she just knew him as this really nice man who made her pancakes. <laughs> That's great. What a, what a classic story. All right, let's talk about the 2021 Reds. As I mentioned, heading into 2020, uh, before the pandemic hit, heck, I, I think I picked the Reds to win the division last year. Was their plan, Trent, to take that one-year shot and then see what happens? Or did something happen? Was the pandemic what caused them to kind of change course and get rid of their closer? And we, we figured that Bauer was going to go away. But some other things that happened to the Reds during this past offseason. Yeah, I think that was a, that was a big factor. Um, the lost revenue, um, the not going as far as they had hoped, not having fans in the stands, a lot of those things. I think the pandemic changed things for a lot of people. When they built the team for last year, it was not for 2021. It was for 2021, 2022, and hopefully 2023. Um, But it ended up 
being mostly for 2021. They're trying to retool. And, you know, I, I don't think they had high hopes of being able to re-sign Trevor Bauer. Um, if he were going to stay on that one-year plan, they thought maybe they would have a shot. They did everything to make him comfortable. And I think they did. I, I, you know, talking to Trevor and his his people, um, there were a lot of things they liked about the Reds. He felt really comfortable here. Um, you talk about Derek Johnson, the pitching coach, and so many people around uh, the organization, Kyle Bodie, of course, uh, their new um, pitching uh, assistant pitching coach, Eric Jagers, uh, so many guys that he felt comfortable with the team. He fit in really well with the rest of the pitching staff and the catchers and all that. So that was something that there was maybe a hope, but I don't know that it was more than a hope. And um, but but they still felt they had a pretty good team around it, and they could help develop some of those pitchers. Um, but it, it just never kind of worked out, you know. And then the pandemic hit, and they, you know, when you look at what they did, there is no other reason for what they did other than cutting payroll. It's it's there's no, it's obvious why they made the moves they did. It is simply to cut payroll. Trent, do you think that there's reason to believe that some of the $150 million that was invested into the Reds and the offense the prior season will see come to fruition in 2021? Do you think that we'll see some of that offensive production start to pick up? Um, I think you could expect maybe a little bit more out of, say, Mike Moustakas, Nick Castellanos. Maybe they're more comfortable. Maybe they, they do better. I think... Mike Moustakis is better than a 230 hitter. Um, I think Nick Castellanos is better than a 225 hitter and a 298 on base guy. Um, you know, he only had a 102 OPS plus last year. I think he can be a better hitter than that. And that, that those are the, really the two big signings that, that didn't exactly lead, bear the fruit that they expected. If those guys can produce a little bit more, perhaps, you know, Mike Moustakis was kind of on again, off again with some injuries. If, if he can be that steady presence that they had hoped for when they signed him, that he had been in Milwaukee and Kansas city, then I think there is some hope that maybe this offense is better than it was a year ago. And Suarez to me, was, and I kind of throw out last year, I'm one of those guys, Trent. I, I still think Suarez is an emerging superstar. I mean, you don't hit almost 50 home runs and have it be a fluke in this day and age. Yeah, you know, last year, I don't know if you remember, in I think it was either late January or early February, he was playing with his daughter in their backyard pool, dove into the pool and um, hurt his shoulder and had to have shoulder surgery. So he had shoulder surgery in February last year. So he he was really coming back from shoulder surgery, and that's that's a big part of it. Uh, he still hit, he still led the team in home runs. Still hit 15 home runs. I, I I'm a big believer in a Eugenio Suarez's bat, and when you look at what he's done this offseason, if you look at his body, just what we've seen him, um, he's lost some weight. He looks like he's. I know that's the most cliche thing in the world. <laughs> Uh, on February 17th the shape of his every life. year. Right. <laughs> um, but, but it is obvious. I mean, this is a guy who had been a shortstop and um, moved over to third base and kind of looked more like a third baseman than a shortstop. And I think you look at him now and he's, he's looking more shortstop-ish. 
Um, and I don't think that he's not looking exactly slight, but he's looking svelte. Uh, he's a guy who can hit. He has hit his entire career, and um, I, I, I believe in A. Eugenio Suarez. I think he's he's one of those those players that is maybe, I don't know, overlooked in the game. I mean, you just say that he's hit more home runs in a season than any other Venezuelan player in the history of baseball. That That's a pretty good list. Yeah, yeah. really. Absolutely. Obviously, Trent, last year was a weird year, and I don't really know what to make of some of the numbers that we were getting out of certain players, and I think Joey Votto might fall into that category. It was kind of a a tale of two seasons for him, but what are the expectations for him this season? You know, it's tough. Um, Joey Votto is 37 years old, and what are the the expectations for any 37-year-old hitter? Um, Aside from Barry Bonds, they're never going to be great. Uh, the hope is that Joey Votto does what he's done for most of his career, and that's not make outs. If he can not make outs 30, I don't know, 37, 38% of the time, he's still a very valuable player. I mean, he still had an OPS plus of, of, of 110 last year. And I, I know I'm harping on OPS plus. It's one thing I look at just as kind of a nice little um, round number, you know, he's a guy who had, a, had some production last year. He's never, he's not going, I don't expect him to be the MVP caliber that he was in 2017, but I think he can still be a guy who doesn't make outs. I don't know, 37, 38% of the time. That's Pretty pretty good. So you, you you would take that if for, from that thirty seven thirty eight year old guy. So what should we expect from this team? We talked about the guys at the corners, uh, the the middle infield. Like you said, Mustakis can be better. But what can this team do if they reach their potential? What are the Reds capable of? I don't know. I think if all goes right, they can be a couple, three, four, five games over five hundred. Is that 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 might be all you need in this division? So uh, I wouldn't. I'm not putting any money on that. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that I would. I, I wouldn't put money on anything in this division other than the Pirates finishing last. Yeah, uh, agreed with that. But what was the reaction that you had when you heard that the Cardinals had acquired Arenado? Uh, it's you know typical Cardinals move, isn't it? Uh, it just, it, it seems like a, another Cardinals move and, uh, it made a lot of sense. And then it didn't make any sense from the Rockies side. When I saw what the Rockies did, it was like, Oh, I mean, I, I'm still bewildered by the Rockies side of that deal. I, I don't, I mean, I, I've always joked about Cardinals devil magic <laughs> and it seems like Cardinals devil magic was back with that deal. But again, it's also the bewildering moves of the Rockies. And and that is something that we've seen time and time again under this, this ownership group, quite honestly, the Rockies are just, they're, they're lost. And um, the only people who don't realize that are the Rockies. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, one last thing, Trent and Trent Rosencrantz from the athletic does a great job covering the reds uh, for that publication. 
what's the reaction to the departures of the fan base? Because whenever you go out and last year they get Bauer, they had Gray, they had the good closer. So you you see guys depart and there haven't been great additions this offseason. How's the fan base in Cincinnati reacted? Oh, the sky has fallen. Um, It's, it's, uh, it's, the, the natives are restless and, um, you know, as, as excited as they were a year ago, they're that um, disappointed and upset and, and, and mad this year. Um, that's something you'd think they'd be used to because it's, it's been that way for a long time. It's kind of a ebbs and flows. And uh, I, I don't know. There, there's, you know, if, if fans were allowed in on opening day last year, they would have been storming the gates. This year, um, even even with an absence of a year, I, I don't know that they'll need extra security. <laughs> well, Trent, thanks for your time this morning. We do appreciate it. We, we love the Museal story and have a good spring training. And as the season unfolds, obviously being in the NL Central, I'm sure we'll talk again. We, we do appreciate your time, though. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's Trent Rosencrantz of The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.